0: Good evening. Welcome to Prac Teacher 101 by Pracky, an online resource made by teachers for teachers. In this episode we're talking about classroom behavior management, what to do when those one or two kids in your class have drunk way too much red cordial for the day. And that's coming up right now. Practice. Welcome to Prac Teacher 101, my name is Liam D. Elysiums and in this episode we're talking about classroom management and classroom behaviour probably the number one thing that prac students worry about before going out on their placements. Before I get going, just a reminder to support Pracky, support Australian education by subscribing below to see videos just like this one. So even though I'm pretty new to the game, I've had my fair share of um, classroom behaviour management issues. Not because I'm necessarily a bad teacher or anything, but um, my first few placements were at pretty rough schools just because of the area of town they were in. Uh, Some of the kids I had were, you know, look, I had African refugees in my class that still had bullet wounds. In their arms and that is God honest truth that that happened and it's just because of their background because of the area and just the atmosphere of the school so i'll sh- i got i could go on all day about some of the stories but um i'll just share one with you right now so on the topic of classroom management in my very short career in education i've had my fair share of behavioral issues mainly because my mentor teacher called some of my practical experiences tours um, because of just the schools that I went to. They're in very low socioeconomic areas and they had a lot of kids with behaviour issues. So it's one of the, um, Brisbane's roughest schools. So actually getting that first-hand experience was actually really valuable. And one story that comes straight to mind when talking about behaviour issues in schools was when I had one particular kid and on day one I was talking to my teacher and they said, Keep watching out for this kid. Watch out for this kid. He's going to be. He's actually suspended at the moment. But halfway through your week one, he'll come back, and you got to keep an eye on him because he's coming back. And um, he came. He came back obviously in a foul mood because he's just come out of suspension. And on my very first lesson with him, he got expelled from the experience that I witnessed. What happened was he was just not coping with class and he was having claustrophobia and I wondered why that was afterwards and I looked it up and basically he came from such a broken home that it's amazing he rocked up to school at all. Basically he had claustrophobia because his dad's coping mechanism for when he was a kid was to lock him in a box every time he was naughty. So no wonder he didn't like being in a confined space. Um, His dad was in jail now and his mum was a drug dealer and a known prostitute in the area and his house was a makeshift brothel. So coming from that kind of experience, it's little wonder why he had behaviour issues and why he didn't wanna listen to what I was saying. Because really, if you're trying to teach a kid like that, Shakespeare, he's probably not gonna listen to you because learning Shakespeare would be a number one million on his priority list if it's on there at all. Whereas some kids, their academics is number one on their list, so you'll have an easier time with those kids. But these kids that come from, you know, questionable backgrounds, it's very hard to get them engaged. And what happened was he was getting shaky, and he just had to leave the class because he was having PTSD, which he was diagnosed with on his junior report. So. He left and then he went and was trying to calm down so he went to the Bubblers and on his way to the Bubblers he had an argument with the kid because he was so full of aggression he just wanted to take it out on someone or something. So the other kid was at the Bubblers, got into a fight with him and then came back to class still fighting that kid. He came in kicking and screaming um, and he actually yelled out to the kid still halfway into our room, oh you wanna effing go you white sea and just chased after him, you know, knuckles clinched. And my teacher actually threw down her books and chased after him. And and, uh, this kid who had just come back from a suspension was basically on final warning, was fighting this kid in the middle of the hallway. And that was on my second day at that particular school. So the moral of the story is, sometimes you are gonna have kids like this in your class. And with classroom management, you can have every strategy under the sun in your toolkit, but there are some kids where you're just not gonna be able to help them. As tough as it sounds, they'll come, like I was saying with priority lists, school isn't even on their radar in terms of what they're gonna do because of their background, because of their situation at home. So if they rock up to school, it's a success, but there's very little that you can do as their grade nine English teacher to affect what's going on in the broader spectrum. So sometimes you're just gonna have to take the hit and accept that you're not gonna be able to do much with that particular kid's situation. So as you can see from that story, sometimes there are kids in your class where your classroom behavior management skills are gonna be tested. And as a practical teacher, as a student teacher, it's quite important because when you go up there Kids, when they see someone else in front of them, in front of their class that's not normally their normal teacher, they almost see that as an excuse or a pass to be as naughty as they possibly can because they feel like the responsibility that's normally on them has been erased because Miss Hughes isn't here today. So it's quite important for student teachers to get you know a hold of good strategies and to get effective advice and mentorship about this uh, particular subject because It affects us more than others and you're most on the back foot from the get-go. But there are some things that you can do and you can add to your toolkit to give yourself um, the best possibility of the kids liking you and not acting up in your class. And even when they do, to eradicate that problem. The first is because you're new, and like I said, when the students see you, they say, oh boy, and they start rubbing your hands, is to uh, set, expectations from the very get-go and what's very important, this is very, very important because if you go up there and they don't know where that boundary is, they'll be continually trying to find that, trying to find where it is through you know, pushing the boundaries, um, overstepping the mark, deliberately being naughty, just to see how much they're gonna be able to get away with. And this can be easily done. The very first lesson before you even get the class going, you say my name in a quite strong voice. My name is Mr. So-and-so, I will be with you for the next however weeks you're gonna be there for prac. And just because I'm new, just because I'm not Miss Hughes, um, that doesn't mean that you know you can act up or, you know. so my, my expectations for you are just the exact same as it would be if Mr. Smith was here. And maybe highlight three rules. Three is a good number, too little is seems lax. Lack and um, too much, it will confuse them. So, have like three rules, maybe, uh, that you particularly want to enforce in your class. Maybe you hate it when kids get up out of their chair for no reason, so that could be number one. Or kids talk over you, that could be number two. Or you know, they they don't go with the activity, they don't listen to your instructions, so that could be number three. Just have like three instructions that you can go through as a class, and with that, they'll see that you're strong, that you're confident and that you know what you're doing, even though you may not be, and have that boundary line set. So they know that when they step over that, that you know consequences will come. Now this all sounds very serious. This all sounds very quite stressful when I'm talking about it. I'm actually getting stressed just talking about it flashbacks to my first few packs. Um, but it's, One key thing uh, about classroom management is not to make it too negative. One thing that I have seen work is using sugar more than vinegar in terms of classroom behaviour management. And with this, that means creating some sort of rapport or some sort of relationship with that student before going off at them. Because going and shouting and screaming every single lesson loses its effectiveness after maybe two goes. Because at first the kids would go, oh, you know, he's screaming at us. But then after a while, if they see that's your coping mechanism every time, they'll, <laughs> they start deliberately doing it to get that reaction. They're quite psychopathic with that. They'll they'll be trying to find, you know, they'll be trying to push you to that stage every single time. So if you come off quite relaxed and quite in control, they'll feel more respect. So what I do, let's say uh, the boarding house where I work, um, it's lights out and Johnny is in Ben's room and he should be in his own room. So instead of going up and just going, Johnny, get back in your bed. As I may have done in week one, what I tend to do instead is to, let's say he's a rower or a basketball player or a cricketer, or, or he really likes whatever, find that one thing. And then go up and go, oh, how's your weekend been? And they usually tend what they're doing. So they usually go, oh, I'm just rowing, sir. And you go, okay, oh, you're a rower. What, what position do you row? Position, do rowers have positions? Whatever. Um, and he'll go, oh, I'm uh, the first guy. <laughs> I don't know if I haven't rowed. But um, I'm the first guy. Uh, and you go, oh yeah, do you like rowing? Oh no, I'm on a scholarship for rowing and I'm not very good at rowing. So I feel like I'm gonna be tossed out of the school, which may be why he's having behavior management already. But then you can go, oh, and then, oh, so how's your rowing? Or oh, you don't like rowing? And then you have a little bit of a chat about that. And then at the end, the very end, you go, oh, okay, all right, good night, Ethan or Ben or whatever their names are. And you go, okay, all right, see you, good night. Oh, do me one favor before you go, can you just get back in your room, please, just before I go? And because you've established those, that minute or two of rapport with them, they're much more inclined to go, oh, yeah, sure, sir, and just go and do what you want. Whereas if you come in and get them offside from the very beginning, they're more likely to back chat and talk back and do all those annoying things that teenagers do. But let's say for example that everything has gone to crap and it has gone worst case scenario and you actually do need to hand out some sort of punishment to the kid. What do I do then? Um, One thing that I've actually learned recently at a PD day, and I know I learned something at a PD day, amazing, is the double or nothing method. And it works really well for behavior management. So basically what it means is you have, let's say the kids are supposed to be studying for an hour and a half and they're not, or one's not, one's not studying. You can go, okay, Johnny, you can write me, uh, I don't know, a punishment. So write me a thousand word essay on responsibility, or you can work effectively for the next 40 minutes and I won't give you that. And 99 times out of 100, 100 times out of 100, they'll go, not the punishment, sir, please. So they'll go, oh, I'll I'll work, I'll work, I promise. You know, not getting that 1,000 word essay. But what you do then, it goes, okay, deal. We'll have a deal with that. But if I see you mucking about again, you're writing me a 2,000 word essay. So you double it, you double it from the, the, the first punishment that you said you'd give them. And what that does is it puts the responsibility back onto them because they felt like they've had some sort of a deal, some sort of contract, and they feel more a part of that punishment than just if you came up straight away and said, clean up after prep or whatever it is. So they they feel more responsible for that type of punishment and it's also reinforcing the positive behavior rather than you know, going straight on the negative behavior from the very beginning. So those are just a few tips, especially as a prac teacher, you need to be get getting on that straight away. But good luck with it all, especially out on prac. Classroom management is a lifelong skill. As a teacher, and you'll probably never master it. And one day, one thing will work, and the next day, it won't work. But since you're watching this video, that's a great first step because you're trying to develop yourself and trying to develop that art. It is an art, it's not a science of classroom behavior management. This has been Prack Teacher 101. My name has been Liam D. Elysiums and this is Pracky, an online resource made by teachers for teachers. If you found this video useful, please share it with a fellow Prack teacher or a university student. Question for you. When you were back at school, what's the weirdest, almost bizarre punishment that you received from a teacher? What's the weirdest behavior management thing that you've seen personally? Thank you very much and I'll see you next week.